Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, Talk about some weird stuff. Just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's Madman at nine. Yes, sir. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Matthew. Oh, look, you just walked in. I did. I just conveniently showed up as the intro wound down. I want to try to get away from that. Not saying hello to you or anything like that, but the the falsity, the staged ways that that is in radio. Yeah. You know, like generally speaking on the Rise Guys morning show, we would have been in there for a half hour at least pulling some news stories. Um, you know. We would have been doing, yeah, we would have been, seen, we've seen each other. Yeah. But it's, it's weird to go on and say, hey, good morning to you, talking to each other. That's one of the things that I, I like that when we were able to have in-studio guests was that, uh, you know, the producer, whoever, would uh, hold them across the room in the red room. Red room, red room. It's not a green room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would come in while we were on the air. I like that with guests who are experienced at doing radio interviews. I hate it with guests who don't do many. Because they come in completely unprepared and completely out of their element and completely off guard. Well, part of that falls on the liaison or the producer to tell them you're gonna you're on this microphone. Let me show you into the studio. Let me show you where the headphones are. Maybe if you're wearing a hat or your hair. Generally speaking, the liaison or producer would bring mm-hmm. them in and then just stand at the door. I just mean mentally. Like mentally, they're oh, they're painted into a corner. They're backed into a corner as soon as they walk in. Because they're just not. If, if it's somebody like uh, like WWE wrestlers come in or, mm-hmm. or comedians who do this stuff a lot, they're cool with just walking in live. Wrestlers are always the best with that. You're right. But when it's somebody who doesn't do that or just a regular person, and we do that, man, it's like when they when the door opens, we punch them in the face and say, "Come on in." But see, 
and I totally appreciate, especially when it's like you know in the past again pre-COVID when you would have even uh, listeners in P1s, uh, which is what we refer to uh, our tribe. Can I say that? Yeah, I guess. Our, our, our our family. Mm-hmm. Let me say that P1 family. It's yeah. our hardcore listeners, and they they give themselves nicknames. And if you are a P1, you're probably saying, "Why are you telling us that? Everyone knows that." Not it's everybody pretty, knows that. This is a whole new national show. So we, you know, you have some uh, some listeners come in, mm-hmm. and you're right. Yeah, they it just messes totally with them, them real off. bad, and it just puts. A, I mean, it, it just it just seems like they're in a corner, backed up against the wall when they come in like that, because they're just so far out of their element. And then we make it even more so. And then we butter them up, and generally speaking, it would go okay. So here's what we'll do in the future, if that ever happens. We have in studio guests. Yeah, doubtful. I need to, I'll, I'll put a blindfold on and a muzzle over my, and earphones on. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't want to acknowledge them, but I can't fake that. Well, we don't have to talk about their clothes for five minutes when they come in. We've been bad about that. What do you mean? All of us. Well, I mean, we'll talk about what somebody's wearing for the first five minutes when they come in. We only do that with each other usually. Right, but we've, we've done, I remember us doing it with some listeners. I'm not saying it's, it's bad to do, it's just probably, you know, we don't have to do it. Well, dude, her titty was hanging out. Well, it's okay. I should have, like, a gentleman would have said, hey. She knew. Uh-uh. Well. She had to know. I apologize to her. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet girl. Lady. Yeah, lady. Um, okay, so that's, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's one of the great things about this show is, like, we are always self-analyzing. Yeah. Analyzing as well. Never stops. Um. And that's, you know, boy, after all this time, I never looked at it from that point of view. I like you. Thank you. I like you. I like you. But uh, this is Backstage Stories Part 3. It is, man. Back for a third round of Backstage Stories because we have so many of them from damn near 20 years of doing this. Yeah, we've talked about, I mean, you, it's not that, like, if you're listening to this for the first time and it's not like a spoiler and you're going to miss anything. It's just a bunch of collective stories of uh, of nine and I, uh, a lot of times through radio or whatever reason, chance meetings, uh, run-ins with famous people. Yeah, and some of the good and the bad and the ones who were complete jerks. Absolutely, I think we've gotten to most of the jerks so far because most of the ones. Well, there there is one jerk I want to talk about in this one, but he was justifiably upset with us. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say I, uh, previous episode covered the uh, nasty boy situation in Spartanburg. Yeah, this the, but. I mean, we could start with it if you want to. The guy who was, because it was one of our oldest stories. It was one of the first things we ever did. It was, matter of fact, it was before the Rise Guys was the Rise Guys. Before this show existed, we went and did this. This was on location. It was at the Weston Poinsett Hotel oh. on Main Street in Greenville, oh, South Carolina. Man. Yeah. He it, was in town not to do a concert, but to be in a off-Broadway play. He was in Jesus Christ Superstar, the touring uh, production of Jesus Christ Superstar. He played Jesus Christ. It was uh, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Do you think, what percentage of our audience needs to, I'm not saying this down towards you, but Sebastian Bach. I think generally rock and roll people Out of 10 people. I'd say five or six of our audience, five to seven. Okay, just curious. Yeah. I think a lot of people say, oh, it's that composer guy. No, Sebastian Bach, not Johan, just Sebastian yeah. Bach. Janikowski, I've seen that yeah, show. Yeah, he's in the, you know, I remember you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, heart, yeah, you yeah. guys know. I'm yeah. just doing that for the, the, the ones, the mm-hmm. leaders that don't. We are the youth gone wild. Mm-hmm. You know, 18 in life. Yeah. They're three. three and he's like hits. a super fan of Motley Crue. He is. Yeah, he really is. Remember that? But that, that, that time when he was in town, we, uh, 
Look, in the old days of radio, you did a bunch of stupid things that we don't really get a chance to do anymore. Oh, God. Um, but some of them were fun. And uh, I went with one of the first things I ever did in radio was go with you, Matt, downtown to the Western Point set with a jar of Crisco, uh-huh. some lard, if you will. Thank you. And uh, we <laughs> have mercy. And we uh, we went up to uh, like the penthouse level of the Western Point set. Yeah. And uh, we had the room number from uh, some intel we had with a source. Dude, we had such a source there that they secured some memorabilia yeah. from, from someone who stayed in a room for us, yep. and we auctioned it off for charity. Yeah, we did. Uh, this particular time, we knocked on the door. This is around 7.30 in the morning. And yes. If you've ever known any rock and roll people, they usually are late-night critters. Not the time. That's why you don't hear very many of those varmints on our uh, morning shows, because they won't get up that early. Yeah, 7.30, they're either sound asleep or they haven't gone to bed yet, depending on what they're on at the time. Yeah, Jesse James Dupree, always available. Always. He gets up early. <laughs> the uh, So we knock on the door, and uh, we had to knock a couple times to get an answer because it's early in the morning. Right. And at first, we were yelled at from inside. I don't remember what was said. Go away. It's been almost 20. So we kept knocking because we weren't going to go away. Mm-hmm. So finally, door swings open. We're live on the radio by phone. Live on the radio by cellular telephone. And who's standing there wrapped up in a, in a king-size white hotel bed sheet like a toga? Nikki Six? No. No. Naked Sebastian Bach. Naked. Naked Sebastian Bach wearing his bed sheet. And what was so weird, again, he was in town to play the, the Peace Center. Uh, to be Jesus Christ Superstar, and there he was yeah. in, in a toga. In a shroud. In, in a, a loincloth, if you will. He was, yes. Yeah. Naked Sebastian Bach opens the door. Man, that was one of the most pissed-off facial expressions I've ever seen in my life, was the mm-hmm. look on that guy's face. Because, he, he, look, he has an attitude. He's not a very nice guy. He'd probably admit that. He's been a prima donna many times over the years. He don't really get along with many people. Yeah, he's, he's, I've heard that. Yeah, he's just kind of hard. So he was so damn mad when that door opened. And then what do we do? There's there's two rather pudgy, fat individuals way outside. Way fatter back then. Way fatter. And what do we do? We offer him a massage with Crisco. So, okay, so that was the hole in my memory. Is I I remembered that we were carrying him Crisco, but I couldn't remember the backstory of why we were carrying him Crisco or bringing him Crisco. Yeah, it's just because we were going to give him a massage and use Crisco as massage oil. Now let me ask you now, at least twenty years later. Yeah. What were you? What was the plan? If he said, "Sure, come on in," I guess to do it, I would have. Yeah. Kind of have to his back. It wouldn't have been like one of them new room massages where he turns around on his butt and I go to town on him. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I guess at that point, if he calls your bluff, you got to call his back and you got to go massage him with Crisco. I would do it just for the ratings. You got to be rubbing up on his neck and getting Crisco in his long hair and stuff. No, he would say he he would hold it up. He would. It would be like a girl holding her hair for her friend while she threw up in the toilet. Yeah, he's like, look, you butter me up, but. Don't get it in the hair. Though if he pulled a hair tie off his wrist and put it on there, you'd start unzipping your britches real quick. <laughs> but, you know, that's the international sign for what's about to happen. It is. Isn't hair it? tie off the wrist, put the ponytail up, you know you're about to do something. Blah. I'm not going to allow my child to have those hair ties anymore. Especially not wear them on the wrist. Hair ties worn on the wrist of the international... That's a bracelet, it I'll is. have you know, this and you'll also see my hair, there's none. But the hair tie on the wrist is the international sign for I'm going to do that to you. So if she shows up wearing it on the thing, it's a plan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. I'm making a note. That's a that's life all. hack, John. I, we're we're going to do a series on uh, life hacks for guys, yeah. and then we'll do it for girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, and then uh, he cussed us out and told us to leave and all that and slammed the door in our faces. He called us fat. He did. 
He did. And then Fat Fs. Oh, yeah, Fs. That's right. Because they had to dump out on it. And uh, like a third of the whole little two minutes was completely never made it. Yeah, yeah. And, man, I wish we could have run into him last year when he was in town for that music festival where it was 1,000 degrees in a cow pasture and nobody showed up for it. I wish he would have been here. All right. He was here for that, but I wish we could have. Oh, you're cold. I wish we could have. Uh, it wasn't cold that day. No, I agree with you totally. Whew. I just never would have seen it. Yeah, well, that's true. That ain't coming back. But this is shoot style. If you have a music festival that fails like that, it ain't going to come back. So no. It's not like they're going to get mad at us next year when they try to do it again because they're not going to try to do it again. But he was here for that, and I wish I could have talked to him about that and reminded him of that and pissed him off again because he would have got just as mad hearing about it 20 years later. I was going to say, does he have a podcast? Don't go look, please. But I wonder if he if he does have a podcast or if he's written a book. That would have been a, any kind of thing like that that a celebrity had eventually will make it. It should. To some kind of something. Now, I don't – but Sebastian Bach, A, he's only going to talk about himself. He's only going to talk about good things about himself. And, B, I imagine he has a podcast because everybody does. Life hacks, <laughs> hair ties, girls. Got it. Got it. Yep. So, yeah, then, then uh, after he cussed us out and uh, slammed the door in our faces, we just left. That's the end of the story. That was it. <laughs> That's the whole story. And we didn't have tickets to the you know the show or anything. I went to the show. No, I, one of those nights I got tickets to go to that show. I went to see Jesus Christ Superstar with my mom. Yeah, Moose went. Only time she ever been to the Peace Center. Is that a sacrilege? I don't even know the the what it's. I mean, I know by You're my asking standards. You're the wrong person. By my standards. Uh, by my mother's standards. I you know I think you'd be fine with it. Your okay. mom might not be. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. not planning to go. I was just curious. I didn't know the story. Yeah, not many people are into like sexy Judas. Yeah. I, I prank called uh, Wayne Newton that one time, but that you know it wasn't an inter- interaction, you know, personally. Yeah, yeah. No, I just called him and, and sang to him while he was also in group. Boy, you come to Greenville, we're gonna m- mess with you bad. Yeah, in well, a in a fun way. Well, that's not always true. Uh, that time I, I saw the Temptations at Cracker Barrel, the, on, the old one on Woodruff Road. I oh. didn't mess with him. I just you know spoke to him. Say, hey man, I really like what you guys do. Can Thank I, you for being the Temptations, even I've, though you're not the original Temptations. Okay, I've accepted that story as truth. Yeah. I've never questioned it. But how did you know? Like, did someone, was there like, hey, why are those people going and getting autographs or photos? How would you know? You may remember that across the hall from us back then was Oldies 106.3, who was promoting the hell out of a Temptations concert at the Peace Center. Hey, baby. So it was pretty easy to spot the Temptations. A, there's a tour bus outside, and uh, B, there's these... they th- wearing matching suits. These five... 50, 60-ish-year-old men wearing matching suits sitting at the breakfast table. So, yeah, I knew it was them. Wow. But it was not the, any of the originals, right? Maybe one of the originals. I don't recall exactly. It's been a long time. I just spoke to them very briefly and then, you know, left after I ate. They should put that together, both stories, and it's The Last Temptations of Jesus Christ Superstar. I like that. You love that? I like that. The soundtrack would be amazing. Um, After that, man, I, 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 after Naked Sebastian Bach, I'm not sure where you want to go next because uh, – we have our Myrtle Beach full throttle days. We have our run-ins with the wide, wonderful whites of West Virginia. Oh, I, I definitely want that one to make it. And we have our uh, time with UFC in Lalana. Okay, and I would love to work in uh, one little interaction of the time I thought I was about to get stabbed at a political rally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making notes so we don't forget. I did. Okay, good. I did. Yeah. That's the one offering I have. Yeah. Maybe. After Man. you remind me of some things and then it spurs off. Yeah. So where do you want to go for after the naked Sebastian Bach? I would say the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia simply because that's a documentary that got very, very popular about eight to ten years ago. Yeah. And then when it went to Netflix, a whole new audience 
In fact, it's our number one most viewed video on our YouTube. It is. It's that. I mean, it was on. It came out originally on Showtime. Was the first place I was saw. Was that what it, it was back in the day? And then when it hit Netflix, a whole new audience, a much bigger audience. And then uh, most recently, it's been on uh, Amazon Prime Video. So it's made the rounds. And at this point, many millions of people have seen the spectacle of the wild, wonderful whites of West Virginia. And the real reason, uh, I think, the real reason that video is so popular, obviously, the, the show's having a revival back and forth. What's up, Dash and Scott? <laughs> um, is that uh, Johnny Knoxville, excuse me, yes, thank you, uh, Johnny Knoxville, Produced it, directed whatever it was, put it on uh, Dick House. Dick House, yeah. And that's his production company. And we find out through this hour and a half long interview, and we'll go through the cast of characters, mm-hmm. that Johnny Knoxville didn't pay them anything or like 50 bucks or something very minute. Yeah, they didn't really make any money off being featured in the documentary. And they honestly, they expected to get rich. Here's the thing. I mean, I don't think anybody really made that much money off that movie, though. Yeah, documentary. Yeah. And and it's it follows a series of... About a year in their lives. Yeah. I don't even... I, I wouldn't call them hillbillies, but it's not. that's not even... A, I don't even... I don't like using that word. I mean, honest. they are hillbillies. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but they... they uh, I, it, you, I they, don't know how to describe them. I don't want to use a... I want to say white trash. Well, kind of. But, I mean, you can call them hillbillies, though, because it's okay if you call them hillbillies or if they call you a hillbilly. But if somebody who ain't a hillbilly calls you a hillbilly, oh. then we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. It's one of those words. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if somebody who isn't a hillbilly says it, they don't mean it as a term of endearment. But if somebody who is a hillbilly says it, then they mean it as a term of endearment. Yeah, and the the, the family is kind of based around uh, tap dancing, which uh, clogging, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and the father, D-Ray, was... Uh, Critically acclaimed. He was. He was. He's at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, there's many songs about him. One of the most notable ones, uh, Hank Williams the uh, Third, D. Ray White. Uh, that's the name of the song. That's a good song. It is. It's a great song. But, but only if Jesco's tap dancing as percussion. Yeah, and hopefully you see the movie or you have seen the movie and you know the story about the family. So his uh, his son Jesco is, is famous for also tap dancing. He was also uh, the Dancing Outlaw, a PBS documentary that over the years became a huge sensation with a big cult following. Yeah. It's the one where the old video him talking about the sloppy, slimy eggs. I put the butcher knife to her neck. Yeah, that's that the one. That was me just now. That was. That was I can't remember in a Facebook fussing to be Jessica. You should. I can do him. You should. But we had multiple visits from the Whites because if you watch the movie, you will get to meet characters like Jesco, who's kind of the, the biggest name of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, you also meet his sisters like Mamie, Kirk, Sue Bob. Um, unfortunately, Sue Bob, I really wanted her. She was. We heard she was coming with the Whites when they came in. Yeah. She did not show up. Uh, Kirk and Mamie showed up. Sue Bob is the one who, if you've seen the movie at the drive-thru, she goes, she's crying, her. They took her baby. She CPS tried, took it. She tried to order mozzarella cheese sticks at Taco Bell. That too, yeah. Yeah. Well, it. And she's the one who used to be a stripper for $15,000, $2,000 in my boot. She has a trampoline. Yeah, she does. She likes to jump on a trampoline. I've watched that dozens I would of times. Easily, two dozen times. You're easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the ones we did have were, were Kirk, who, uh, see, hey, it's Dennis. Do it, man. You do a good Kirk, too. 
then it's, it's this. I can't say the one you quote. Can't, yeah. I've already went too far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hate she, that mother. It sounds like she's got vocal fry, but it's the pills. It is if the that drug. makes sense. Yeah, she's also uh, the one who has the baby that gets taken by CPS. CPS took, took my baby. Yeah, and she's in there breaking up and snorting pills in the the, in the, the hospital with the baby. Well, her baby's in ICU, I believe. And the baby looked jaundiced, I think. looked kind of yellow. Um, they never said. Yeah. No, no, but it's not, there, was, there was something wrong with it concerning drug tests, probably why they took it. Yeah. And then uh, Mamie, who's the biggest, the meanest, and the baddest. She's and, a matriarch now. Yeah, now that Birdie May has passed away, Mamie is the matriarch. Mamie is a woman. You just call her Brody Ray? Birdie May. Okay. Uh, Mamie is a woman I would never fight in a million years because she would whip my ass. She would have, She probably has multiple weapons on her at all times. She all can times. get through uh, an airport, I believe. And she's impervious to pain thanks to what you call green beans. <laughs> I buy these for $4, take them out the road, sell for $6. You know what that means? They make $2 bill. <laughs> yeah, so they're on a lot of drugs. And, and they're all on government assistance. And they are, they are. Um now that when they came to visit was was a great time because they were messed up and we're big fans of their 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 lives of being the kind of the kind of rednecks that you could only dream about being real and they really are. Yeah. Uh, so they came in at one point, Mamie and Kirk, and then another time, uh, Jesco came to visit. Now, very interesting visits for completely different reasons. Well, one you'll have to tell me uh, this, and I know the path you're on. I believe is they were appearing with Johnny Knoxville's cousin. At uh, at uh, Ground Zero, and they were talking crap about him about and, Knoxville, about Johnny Knoxville, yeah. and then uh, Roger Allen Wade. That's the guy, Roger, Roger Allen, Allen Wade, Wade, Johnny Knoxville's cousin, who's a country singer. And this was not a setup either, unless they were doing it, and I don't think they were. Mm. Uh, he called in, pissed at them, and said he was not going to perform. I think our buddy Mater had a hand in tipping Roger Allen Wade off about that. Oh, Robinson. Yeah, old ah, Mater Robinson. Yeah. yeah. What's up, Jason? Oh, uh, what's up, Jason? I think he tipped off uh, Roger Allen Wade, and then Roger Allen Wade calls up, and Roger Allen Wade, live on our show, canceled his show for that night in Spartanburg at Ground Zero. What's up, Mick? Did it go on? I don't I think Roger Allen Wade played. I went out that night because I was living in Spartanburg, and I went out and I saw the Whites, so I hung out with them. They kept asking me for drugs I didn't have, and if I did, I wouldn't well, share. Well, you're known to do that. And, uh, uh, what, not share? No, <laughs> get it for celebrities. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they wanted different stuff, though. The uh, But, but yeah, I don't think Roger Allen Wade played. I think he really bailed on the show because of the Whites. Wow. Because he was, you know, defending his, his cuz, his family. Johnny Knoxville. Well, um, he probably has gotten a lot of bookings and gigs because of his... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. Now, the most interesting thing about the white showing up is that somebody almost died that morning. I can't remember the kid's name. I can't either. It was Mamie's son or Mamie's grandson. I don't remember which one. It's hard to... It was either her youngest son or a grandson. Yeah. Um, but he was, was... it Mousy's mother? Or uh, Mousy's son? It could have been. I don't know. I'm thinking it was. I, I don't know exactly I... who he was. Mousy wasn't here either. Mousy's getting blank tonight. Oh, it's a... Yeah. She got out of prison first. They said, what do you want to do? She's like, I want some blank. I want to go find Charles Green. Yeah. Cheating bastard Charles yeah. Green. And then we're going to get married in far more. Yeah. So, we're spoiling it for everyone. But it, it's still worth watching. Yeah, it's a great movie. You'll laugh your ass off. But and this, this cry kid you laughed at it. is like... 15, 16, I think. I want to say he was 17 or 18, but he looked like he was about 13 because drugs stunt your growth, all right? It's true. This I've met this kid. He looked like something out of wrong turn. Actually, he kind of looked Whoa. like the kid picking the banjo in Deliverance. I was, Dude, I was going to say he looked like a brunette children of the corn. But he, yeah, he wasn't far off albino, man. Anyway. Wow. Man. Anyway, I don't know that he had served time, but he had a prison tattoo of Tupac. Yeah, yeah he did. So, it, he, look, he's very messed up. But when we have uh, Mamie and Kirk come in studio, mm -hmm. the, the rest of their party had to go uh, wait in the conference room, the red room that is yes. the green room. Red room. Now, the thing is that while we're interviewing Mamie and Kirk, some people go in there from our sales department to have a sales meeting, as they did every <laughs> week. And when they walk in there, I didn't see this firsthand as it happened. Well, I we've heard it from... We were in there afterwards when it was still going on. Yes. But they th thought the kid was dead. They thought he was dead because he was blank... Uh, what was the word? Blank as a ghost? He was pale as a ghost, pale laying a ghost. on his back on the floor, unconscious with his eyes wide open. And just clammy. Yeah. Wet yeah. and uh, cold. He was ODing on some pills. He was actively ODing on some While bills in our conference room. his mother or grandmother or aunt was across the hall doing a radio interview. Yeah. Yeah. While well, his family was doing a radio interview and we were dumping out because they kept cussing. Uh, he was he was in there actively overdosing, which nobody ever did anything about. Our, our people thought he was dead. And then he woke up a little bit. and that Boy, thing, nobody called. No. Mamie had to go in there and rouse him up. Uh, last thing they wanted was anybody calling the authorities. True. They didn't want that at all because whatever they had in that car with them. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, he, I mean, and our, our salespeople, that's not a, an exaggeration. They thought he was dead. They thought he was dead. They we, thought they walked in and saw a corpse. Six or seven people. And he probably wasn't far from it. Um, but I don't know what, I don't know. He just came out of it, or maybe he just fell asleep after being up for four days. Yeah, know. something like that. It'll but, catch up to you. But even a young guy like him. <laughs> Jesco in by himself was my favorite. Because he, dude, when you watch the documentary, and you know, there's other videos, obviously, of him online. The guy is, I, I'm not speaking out of turn or trying to diagnose him. I want to say he's bipolar. He dissociates. Is he absolutely dissociates. Yes, he does. Because of and the we way saw he evidence withdraws. Of that, in that, yeah, he he dissociates. Yeah. He Boy, has good. a dissociative identity disorder. I can't. I'm not a doctor. I can't. Uh, I can't officially diagnose him with that. And I but haven't having, finished watching that pay-per-view yet either. Oh, it's great. But having met him and and been around him for a couple hours and seen multiple documentaries about him, I'm reasonably sure he's dissociating, especially because when he was here, he turned into a little boy. 
Not physically, but remember, I'm Alan Jackson's youngest son. We've got to find that. It was great, man. It I'm was Alan great. Jackson's youngest son. He's in here wearing like all camo with pigtails. That's what his I was beard. gonna say. Ed, throughout the documentary, his look changes like three times over a year's time. I think that's another thing that's indicative of his dissociation because of the way he always is changing. You never see him look the same twice. Yeah, his this wardrobe time, changes, his facial hair, his hair, long, short, pigtails, he'll, he'll ponytails, a, mohawks. A, a white beard, then he'll be completely shaved, then he'll have long, black uh, ponytail, like, and then wearing a bandana. Yeah. I thought it was uh, the other sister I've when even, he first walked in. I've even, I think, seen him like you know, with short hair and a, like a, a close trim goatee at some point. Mm. Uh, he always he has many different looks, but man, what an interesting, thoroughly entertaining guy who has huffed a lot of gas and glue. He admits that. He says that one half of his brain is ash. Yeah, ate a hole in his brain, he says. Yeah. One half of my brain is ash. It's. Uh, <laughs> you should also do that in a fussing. <laughs> Everybody room. should, man. Really? If you're Appalachian, I think you can talk like Jesco White. Yeah, and if you say Appalachia, F out of here. Yeah, that's not what it is. But yeah, Jesco was just, he's, he's so interesting. But yeah, I, I've been thinking about him lately. Um, whenever I watch these these documentaries or read about people who dissociate or dissociative identity disorder, I always see him in my mind. I never thought of that. But I mean, you're, you're right. Because there's this, this. A lot of people do it. Thirst, way more people than you realize. You know what? I'm starting to think if I'm out that way. This thirst mm. for a little bit of attention, but then when it gets weird, then you withdraw totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's an interesting interesting character for a lot but of reasons. But I've never huffed gas. He's also a tragic character. I drink it. Jessica. They all are. Yeah, they're well, all yeah. tragic, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm still friends with Durkee on Facebook. Is he? He deletes it once a week because he gets mad at all the haters. Oh. Mm. Drugs, man. Yeah, well, Bertie <laughs> May, the grandma. I mean, she passed away, obviously, but uh, you know, you get. She was just. She would take anyone in. Mm-hmm. Like she would. She was like a, such a. a matriarch of a giving woman that she would just take anyone into her home and it just it took what she could have given as a good mom to three four five six kids yeah split it up into like 26 ways through yeah the grandkids 20 something like two dozen kids yeah at yeah least. so the you yeah you don't yeah. yeah she was spread too thin mm. nobody they didn't have enough resources in general as far as like food money and all that type of stuff so yeah. nobody got enough of what they needed be it attention be it love be it some to eat be it anything education certainly west virginia what's up um so yeah you just have this this perfect storm for looks the, like something that would have been written as a movie yeah well i mean when you have People who are live in a place where there's no opportunity to do anything, no opportunity for growth, no opportunity to learn, uh, no good jobs to have except coal mining or government checks. Yeah. Those are literally the only two jobs you can get there. Uh, not, not all of West Virginia, but their part, it seems to be that way. Seems to be. It's just it's this perfect storm for the reasons that people in the country and people in the mountains do the most drugs and the hardest drugs. It's like the hood of the mountains. Yeah, yeah. The mountains is a very sketchy place in general, though. You get deep in the mountains, you get away from the rich people part of the mountains, everybody there is terrifying. Dark corner. Oh, yeah. Everybody there, if it's not rich people, everybody there is frightening to you. Yeah. I'm wow. not scared of rich people. I just hate them. Yeah. I want to oh, eat them. Eat them for dinner. <laughs> high in fat, though. Yeah. High in fat. Yeah, they're very high in fat. Um, hmm. Yeah. You... Watch the documentary. All this will even make so much more sense to you. Plus, I've never heard anybody say they didn't like it. Yeah, man. A lot of people say, oh, I feel sorry for them. Because it has such a twist of laughing and then, oh, and then laughing and then, oh. Well, even the stuff you laugh at, you feel bad for, too. But it's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's why I've watched it two dozen times. That's why we times. laugh at episodes of Cops. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
Okay. Just to, to snag in the, the other thing the, yeah. about my potential stabbing. Yeah, do that. I want to hear about the stabbing, which was a great time. I was there with you for that, too. Not the one where I stabbed the, 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 my uh, classmate uh, because I was tripping with a knife. Boy, you almost got gutted a plenty. Boy, I sure did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you'll be able to do it faster. I, the year. You may even know what year this was. Man, I don't been. remember what the, girls, what the lady's name Michelle was. Michelle Bachman. That's right. Michelle Bachman running for... I want to say that would have been twenty. Was it twenty two thousand eight? It would have been two thousand eight or two thousand twelve. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight seems about right. Yeah, yeah. So um, she is uh, a, a lot of uh, you know a lot of political types when they're running for office and this and that, and they come through town. They will go to this particular uh, restaurant that I will not name. And they will go there, and it's kind of a press junction. They'll announce they're coming, and then people will be there, and there's a lot of photo ops and shaking hands and procuring of uh, votes, hopefully. And, and the, the sweet tea is all flavored, which is anti-Southern. And they— You can't—look, if, if you go to the South and you get syrupy lemon-flavored tea, you are not in the real South. Yeah, it's not. Our tea is sugar and brown water. It's not the same. Uh, so after she Thank had you. her uh, photo op uh, lunch— she uh, goes off, and they have a little stage set up, and there's a, there's a right nice amount of supporters. Yeah, there. right nice crowd around her. Some would call it a rally, but that has negative uh, aspects to it these days. And at the time, there were a lot of rumors going around about this lady's husband in the media. Yes, uh, you look him up. Yeah. I'm not uh, going after any kind of litigation. No, but uh, so she's appearing, and the bit that we were going to do, or that I. Look, I'll own it. It was my idea to, to do this stuff. You want to be the bearded heckler? I was going to be the bearded heckler, and yeah. I was going to heckle her. Yep. And nor, and I never said anything about the stuff with the husband. Yeah, no, no. Never said anything about that, but I was just a a heckling. That's mm-hmm. what it was going to be. Anytime she started talking, I was going to start talking. Yeah, just And then when heckling. she stopped, I would stop. And it was going to go, well, there are some elderly gentlemen near us. And once we start, once I start doing this. You're there as a, a friend. I'm documenting it, I think. I was videoing you, it, I believe. Uh, boy, I'd love to see that. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, well. Um, you know, I never found the photo. That's uh, fine. Tommy Chong. Update on that later. Uh, so as we start to do this, you hear some groaning, and especially those close to us. Uh, and then you hear somebody, y'all need to get out of here. And no one there knew who we were was, uh, at all, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, this guy who was... Every bit of 80 years old had a small little pocket knife out and mm-hmm. says, out of here now. No. Out of here now. Out of here now. Out of here now. No. And he gritted his lip at that. He didn't grit his teeth. He didn't have men. Nine elbowed me, and he caught me right in the rib. I thought it was broken. And uh, you kind of uh, grabbed my arm a little bit, and I was like, yeah, we need to get the hell out of here right yeah, now. Yeah, this ain't worth this. It made USA Today. This ain't nothing to get stabbed over. It made USA Today. It was, it was The whole thing is, you know, the it's whole thing that, was a mess. And what's weird is that dude was so old and Southern, he probably didn't think she should even be allowed to vote, let alone run for well, office. Well, and his knife wouldn't have plunged into this exterior. That's true. Not, he would have got through the body hair. Mm-mm. Yeah. Thank you. I was wearing a jacket too. It was cold that day. It was. It was getting the fall. Yeah. So other than uh, you know the time that we were spat at, they didn't connect with us. But you know, there's been some tough times around these parts. A few tough times. Yeah. That was a fun story to have now, though, since nobody got cut. True. Yes. Flat. Flash forward. Flash forward. You know. Yeah. And outside of that, we don't really mess with politics or politicians too much. Um, mainly because they're not worth our time. Because even when they're running for office, they don't seem to value our audience we have for the Rise Guys Morning Show, which is a huge audience. In uh, the upstate of South Carolina, down in the Midlands of South Carolina, people between 18 and 49 years old. 
54 as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're coming after the older ladies. Spread mm-hmm. this to your grandmother. Please. So, but yeah, they, they don't care about our audience. Therefore, we don't really care about them. No. No, that's a, I mean, it's a great point. And plus, we're also known for not uh, doing, I'm not trying to sit here and glorify us or anything, but we don't do typical interviews. Obviously, other than, you know, the walking in the door kind of thing. Yeah, we're not going to let anybody come in here and just spout stuff we don't necessarily agree with or think is true. We're going to ask questions. They don't like that. Yeah, and that's why we didn't get uh, along with uh, Mayor Knox White for like 10 years. Yeah, that's why neither side of the aisle likes being on our show because we, we're going to ask them stuff and they don't like to answer stuff. But I will say to Mayor Knox White's credit, he extended the olive branch by coming out to the 28 hour show at uh, the the Bon Secours Wellness Arena for Toys for Tots. He was a very nice guy. Did a nice sit down little interview with yeah. us and I was I was glad to do that. He was a very nice guy. I yeah. appreciated that. I appreciate him. Yeah. He's yeah. done great things with making Greenville a place I can't afford to live anymore. Wow. It took me like <laughs> 10 minutes for me to remember why I was pissed at him. And then I was like, you know what? It's taken me that long. It don't matter. Yeah. By the way, share the podcast so I can afford to live where I live. Oh, listen to him after he gets his, I don't know if you heard the news. Jimmy's hey, don't, don't jinx it now. Well, you, you, you are looking at buying a house. Yeah, I'm looking at buying a house. Yeah. yeah. Everybody so, lives. I'm still nervous, though, until I move in. Until yeah. I have keys in my hand, I'm nervous oh. that it's going to fall apart. Well, um, don't forget the keys. No, no. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the violence thing, there was the one time I got uh, low-blowed by uh, a lady. Oh, you did, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you now, since this is a shoot interview style, I'll tell you, she didn't really connect. No, in no. professional wrestling. She knew what she was doing. Uh TNA Wrestling, now known as Impact Wrestling, uh, did a pay-per-view at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. About 400 of you might have been there that night. It was so lackluster. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, 100 of them left after our, our thing. Uh, but we were supposed to, uh, as a two-on-one match, supposed to wrestle uh, uh, Miss Jack or Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline. She, she was on. She's been in every wrestling organization. Yeah, she's years. a WWE Hall of Famer now. Yeah, she is. Hell of a wrestler too. Uh, but anyway, they and had a very nice lady. Very, 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 very sweet. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Soft, soft skin too. And I, when I shook her hand, I was like, "Oh wow, what kind of lotion is she like? Shea butter." Yeah. So sweet. Uh, but they had a character at the time called Curry Man, which was Christopher Daniels now on on uh, on uh, AEW wrestling. And he comes out dancing, doing this distraction, and then we look, and then she gets down on it, and, and low blows us, and rolls one, two, three, and then that was that. Now, do, do we know officially who was playing Curry Man that night? Was it Not, Daniels, or was it T.J. Perkins, or somebody else? Hmm. Could have been any number of them. That's a good point. Yeah. With the whole, uh, what was the Spawn character? Uh, Carnage? Suicide thing. Suicide. Yeah. yeah. Was that bad for saying that? No, no, he just changed his name, and I can't remember what it was. But hey, nobody knows what we're talking yeah, nobody, about. Right now. Nobody like Spawn. Cares. We don't even care about no, this. Not even enough to think about it. Yeah. Um. And I shared the Hulk Hogan story last time. About yeah. It. But yeah, you got pinned in the ring by Jackie. Yeah. That was that was, that was a nice moment. It was fun. But it was pre. Is the warm up for the pay per view. Yeah. So if anybody out there listening has any kind of indie wrestling connections or anybody associated with the former TNA race, ra- ra- wrestling mm-hmm. at a racing uh, car for a while. Oh, yeah. uh, also uh, known as Impact Racing now. Uh, wrestling. Uh, find out if they can get, if there's video of that somehow. There might be somewhere. Then again, there might not be. I would uh, I would do uh, next to nothing for that. <laughs> I really would. That was, my favorite part of that whole night was when we walked in the back and uh, we meet a couple people like uh, Terry Taylor, who's apparently not a very good guy. 
And uh, man, just from stories I've read, I know, not a good I, guy. I hear the same. Yeah, man. I'm on Team Stevie Ray on that one. Red but, Rooster. Uh, but uh, and then we meet uh, uh, a guy you might remember from the old WCW days in the '90s. His name is Disco Inferno. Glenn. Yeah. So he walks up to us and uh, he sticks his hand out to shake our hands back when you could do that. Mm. And uh, he says, "Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Glenn." And we all just have this kind of. <laughs> Try not to laugh, smirk on her face. Like, we know who he is, and he knows we know. And he just had this kind of deflated look on his face. But we're like, we're looking at him like, you're not Glenn, you're Disco. Shouldn't it be the opposite? You'd think so, yeah. But at the time, he was trying to get into the agent side of it. Where he wanted they to be just, in the office. Yeah, and you don't want to be. But that's the great thing, I think. I guess it still exists. Uh, the the gentlemanship, I would say, of wrestlers, that they shake everyone's hand. They speak to everyone. I guess some of the, you know, I don't see. I think that's kind of going away. I don't see Kevin Nash or any of those guys Mm. doing that. But it's kind of going away now. uh, But yes, Glenn is like. You're not Glenn. You're disco. I wanted to to dance. Yeah. I wanted to point. Do that one disco dance move. Woo. (sighs) That was fun, though. That was a fun night. Yeah. That was so good. That was that was more that was you know what that was about as much that that same night is when I smoked a cigarette with Bullet Bob Armstrong and Abyss. Rest in peace. We didn't share one. Abyss is alive. Bullet Bob passed away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think the opposite. Yeah. Although you would think. Yeah. That was, that was a fun evening, though. We've had some, we, man, we've had a lot of fun evenings. Um, man, we're running low on time. UFC in Atlanta or full throttle? We only got one. You'd pick, man. You remembered. I mean, I remember them, but. Well, you know what, honestly, and this is no offense because he's a nice guy and she's a nice lady, but the Full Throttle Saloon TV show, its day has come and gone. But people would be more interested to hear about the time we met MC Hammer. Okay, I think so. And then I, I previously kind of touched on one time I thought you got pissed at me at a celebrity interaction. So we could wrap that all together. Yeah. With John Bones Jones. Yeah, we could do all that. Absolutely okay. we could. So we wound up through uh, through Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy, UFC fighter, kickboxing champion, karate guru uh, from Simpsonville, South Carolina. He fights for the UFC. So he got us one of his first UFC fights. He got us media passes to go down there. Got us the application, and we put it in. UFC hooked us up. So we rode down to Atlanta. To uh, Philip Serena, Atlanta, and uh, went to a UFC event where headlined by uh, John Bones Jones and Sugar Rashad Evans. Okay, huge show, great mm. show. We we well okay. I want to finish up the, the the ending of the evening, but that'll be the end of the story. Agreed. Yeah. With the situation with uh, a yeah, boss room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as, as this pointed out through this three-part series, I like meeting famous people, especially people I'm fan. I'm a fan of. I have no issues with that at all. Some people do. Nine doesn't care about photos. This was April twenty-first, two thousand twelve. Okay, uh, wow. back then it was Phillips Arena, not State Farm. Okay, I was trying to remember. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy that, so I I'm ready to photo op, and I know that. When you go, I didn't know a lot of the UFC. I still don't follow it outside of several people, but you know, nine would have to point out certain people to me. But I knew that at UFC pay per views, celebrities like celebrity celebrities were always there. So I was like, we might see, uh, you know, uh, a Dominique Wilkins. I'm trying to think of Atlanta. Steve Hart. Uh, who cares? Uh, Medea. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. Hank. Freaking Aaron could walk in right now, by God. Or we might not meet any of them. We might meet a guy from Oakland. It's MC Hammer. Yeah. That was the oh. highlight of the trip for me was meeting MC Hammer. Wasn't that fun? I, I, I can see. Do you have the photo? Do you retain it? I, I don't anymore. It's digital. It's somewhere on the internet. Oh, man. I want to I'm, I'm, I, I want to find all those photos for you. <laughs> but I remember exactly what he was wearing. He was wearing the 
black sunglasses. Love those. Yeah. And then he's wearing a little beanie cap. Yeah, we're just hanging out in like the, 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 the back area, the loading dock area, storage area of the arena, backstage of the arena with MC Hammer. And his security guard was like seven feet tall. I still don't think it's a security guard. I think it's just his friend. Well, we later found out that he was a former NBA player. Yeah, former Hawk Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. Yeah, that's why I think it, I, I thought it was security until I found out it was Kevin Willis. Oh, that's just his buddy. Then. Well, he... He he got in the photo mm-hmm. and he threw up the peace sign, but I thought he was just acknowledging the photo. But, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, they can be friends. It was Kevin Willis from the the Atlanta Hawks, um, yeah. and we met uh, just all the UFC guys that night. I mean, as soon as we walked in the back door, um, who was the guy that got pissed at me? George St. Pierre yeah. was not happy about being asked for a photo backstage because that's kind of taboo to do, but it's the he first wasn't fighting, lap. though. No, he wasn't. But I didn't it, ask anyone fighting. It's still kind of taboo to do in their circle, and it's the first, last, and only time we've ever been backstage at UFC, so we're going to do what we want to do. Well, Ray Thompson didn't tell me ahead of time. No. no. I didn't know the accoutrement. Neither did I. Also, yeah. did not care. Well, uh, I wanted a yeah. picture with GSP. Yeah. Plus, it was, uh, it was that was. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the girl that you marked out really taking a photo. Ariana Celeste. Ariana Celeste, because she, she had pizza on a paper plate and she held it out of frame. Yeah. So you couldn't see she was eating pizza. She's like a, 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 someone who goes to church a lot and yeah. they put the bottle of beer behind them yep. in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. For my daddy with cigarettes. So, uh, daddy, I, your back's on fire in the picture. You might have noticed my expression change when I said when we walked in the back door, because something happened before we walked in the back door. Well, okay. So that's that was what I was alluding to with the end of the night. Okay. How we just had a John Bones Jones. After the fight, main event, yeah. where we waited out there, and there he comes. Limo pulls up. There By this time, like 50 people, because they knew he was coming out, was there. And I say, I'm going to get a picture. Hey, Bones, you get a pic? Give Nine the phone. He takes a picture. I did the Hulk Hogan thing like I did with the girl from the Bilo Center. Yeah. I didn't say, hey, do you want one? Yeah. And I remember, and I yeah, look, I'm, I get into – Stuff. Uh, I apologize for that. No, it's fine. I can now. Photoshop you. It, you know what? He kind of that star. I know, fell, right? So it doesn't really matter now. I know, right? Yeah. The the one guy was weird. I don't think either of us even asked for a shot because he just got beat up for five rounds, and we didn't really want to ask him. Um, he was hurried out. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I was talking about was when you had to go put your knife back in the truck. Okay, so that's. The, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I carry a knife. Yeah, we. I mean, we all do usually. Yeah. Uh, but but when we got there, we we had walked from the, the truck, which were parked underneath the city of Atlanta somehow, like we're under the city. I didn't uh, know that even existed. I didn't either. Uh, is that Atlanta Underground? It, no, it's different. It mm-hmm. is Underground Atlanta, but different from different. Underground Atlanta. Yeah, sure. Um, so we walk over to the door, and Matt realizes he has his pocket knife in his pocket still. Yeah. So he's got to go back and put it in the truck, right? And I didn't want to do that thing that people do where they hide it somewhere outside the arena and forget to go get it or realize that people know that and they go look for stuff during the, the yeah. show. Okay. Yeah, so Matt goes to put his knife back in the truck. And uh, I, I stood there and I gave him the key to go do it. So the, the best thing in the world happened. It's also the worst thing in the world that could happen. Matt goes and unlocks my truck door, my, my GMC Sierra, and he opens the door up. I look like a puppy dog right now who just shit everywhere. And he look thro- at me. He, yeah, I'm sorry. He throws my keys inside the truck, locks the door, puts his knife in his pocket, closes the door, and walks back to the arena. <laughs> so all he did I was did. walk over there and lock my keys in the damn truck, man. I went and put your keys and carried the knife back with me. Man. You unlock the door, open it, throw the keys in, pocket the knife, close the door, and we're screwed. 
We didn't even, I mean, I wasn't even like drinking or nothing. Like, it was just, just like a total there. brain fart. It was great. I mean, now it's the funniest damn thing in the world. At the time, it sucked. Yeah, because I had to pry the back window out with a crowbar and a pocket knife. At the Luckily, end, we had a pocket knife. Well, I still had the pocket knife. Do you remember what I did with the pocket knife? No. I stuck it under your wheel well. Oh, that's right. That's Because I didn't, it was my grandpa's pocket knife. And, I didn't want to just. But I used it after the show, to, the pocket knife and the crowbar from the toolbox to, to pry the window out so we could unlock the door and go back. This was Agreed. after the pay-per-view, after we met Bones, John, I met Bones, whoever. And after, like, the main event has showered and left the building, then, like, we're going to go to the car and just drive it. And my sister had a uh, condo in uh, Buckhead. Buckhead, yeah. And we were going to go there and, and drink and open up baseball cards. Yep, yeah, that was the plan. But we had to first use a pocket knife and a crowbar to pry the back window out of a GMC Sierra so we could get in and get the keys and then drive home. And who was it that walked by and saw the distress and said, you guys okay? Man, it was one of the fighters, like a Brendan Schaub type, but I don't remember if it was him. And an Ariel Hawani, I think, walked by before anybody really knew who he was. Oh, this, well, it could have been, but this was the the bald guy that's uh, an analyst commentator. Uh Rogan? Boss Root? Boss Root, yeah, that's right. He was there. Yeah, he was just there hanging out, I guess. Oh, I thought he was one who walked by and asked. No, he did, but yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him being there because he doesn't actually work for them in oh, that capacity, doesn't? but he was there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember I remember asking like, who the hell was that? Some guy's gonna kill us both and my truck. Yeah. He's gonna beat up the truck. I was hoping it was Dana White and he just said, you know what, let me buy you a new truck. Let me buy you a new truck. It'd be nice. <laughs> no, he wouldn't do that. You see what he pays in fighters. Oh God. Yeah. Uh that that was a that was a that was a Great evening. Yeah, I mean, we got to hang out with the who's who at UFC from GSP to the, the uh, Dan Henderson, Forrest Griffin to Mick Hammer. Yeah, MC Hammer and Kevin Willis, all kind of people there. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a fun night. That was good. That was a good time, man. One of our uh, one of our better stories. We've had some some good times together, Jimmy. Yeah, we've we almost have. died together. We've almost been many times. We've almost, almost died together. Almost fat napped in uh, Jamaica, mm-hmm. wherever it was, Bahamas. Yeah, uh, and many backstage stories too. Yeah, I appreciate you, sir. I really do. Thank you. Oh, I you appreciate you. Have you have to take it down. Yeah, I really got to go to the bathroom. I thought you were trying to tell me you're pregnant. I mean, we're about out of time, and I really got to go to the bathroom. All right. So unless you know how to work this, we got to wrap it up. Well, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Episode 19 of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Thank you so much for listening, for taking time out of your busy, busy day to listen to us. And uh, please spread the word, if you will. Share it with a friend, anybody who podcasts or, or people who drive on the road for a living. Yeah. Driver, uh, your Amazon guys, I know the Prime drivers are, are into this, several of them, so... Please spread the word. Episode 19. Please tell people. And uh, you know what? I'm going to say this because it's our podcast audience and they're really into us. We'll see you in 2021. Y'all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. Thank you. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode of After Hours with the Rise Guy. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pass it around to your family and friends and other P1s. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.